live from the Momo Pizzeria and Ristorante Studios at 44th and O. Morning radio for the entire capital city. This is LNK Today with Jack and Friends on the Voice of Lincoln, 1499.3 KLIN. All right, welcome back to the show. It's LNK Today with Jack and Friends for your Wednesday morning, July 6, 2022. It is 609, and we are getting some very beautiful precipitation right now. It's, it's a nice lovely. rain. I would consider this a nice, a very nice rain, keeping temperatures in the low 70s right now. Uh, highs uh, going to be a little bit cooler again today, still in the low 90s, but not bad. Potential of some more rain throughout the course of the day. I don't really know. I, I didn't go out in my backyard. We do now have a rain gauge, but I don't ever look at it, so I don't even know <laughs> what we got throughout the course of the night. I know that's why you tune in to hear me say I don't know how much rain we got, so I'll do it. I don't know. Do you know, Mark, what the rain do total not. situation but let is? Me, I will take a look. I will check the National Weather Service's site. Okay, I'm just, I was just curious. We were getting a little during the evening. Although, once again, last night it looked like it was coming. My uh, my wife and my daughter were, were going to go run some errands, and I said, I don't know, guys, the radar looks like it could be, you know, they're talking about 50-mile-an-hour wind gusts up to the northwest of here. and Looks like uh, about a quarter of an inch. Oh, that's it. All right. About a quarter of an inch, and I said, you know, you might, I don't know, you guys might want to hold off if you don't want to be out in, in that stuff. And then, as the radar often does, last night, it's like a uh, uh, the, the path of Moses was there uh, opening <laughs> up the Red Sea once again, and the, the clouds and the radar images just parted so it could fly over both sides of Lincoln, but not hit most <laughs> of Lincoln itself. And it was, uh, it's uncanny. It's uncanny it happened again i'm glad it's not happening now i was cheering against the dome last night i was cheering for rain because lawn mark without the sprinklers starting to starting to look a little worse for the wear so this will help and it and it's got a dog doing its thing on it all the time now so not a dog your dog it's the beginning of the downfall it's the beginning of the downfall of my lawn it was a nice run it was a good run that we had even when not normally irrigated good run from about 2013 to 2022 but uh now the the lack of rain and whatever is in dogs uh number one that just poisons lawn is poisons lawns is <laughs> going to start taking hold and i'll no longer be no longer be the uh the pride of the neighborhood at least for portions of my lawn it's very sad just something i'm starting to come to terms with it's my new life it's my new life uh, and, 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 and is that? everybody asks me like oh you love it don't you and uh, here's what i say to that y- yes there are fun good moments and he continues to be cute and i i do enjoy you know i i like i like the good moments they're fun i like i like having him there and i like seeing him but i still haven't hit that point where the change in life that the changes in life that are attendant to having a, a puppy in the house are just the the joy is so high that it outweighs those disruptions just, in life. Just remember, I, about- I know this is a terrible thing to say, but I listen, I've, I've told you guys I'm going to be honest on this show and, and I'm still I'm still in that place. It is a it has changed our lives significantly. Yeah, just think of it this of way. You're, you're two and a half, maybe 
little less, maybe a little more, two and a half years away from new carpet. <laughs> we just we didn't get new carpet that long ago in our main room. Doesn't matter. Um, <laughs> all right, I know Buford killed some part of your lawn that is actually never going to grow back. Yeah, there was something. For the rest of your lawn, there are treatments you can do. Okay. Like, you, you can keep oh, it so green. Another, it doesn't all have to work. die. Okay. Cool. Some more work. You weren't doing anything anyway. Just um, tell your kid might, to do it. There, I just, it. there might be some federal funds for a toxic waste cleanup. <laughs> we've got remediation. We've got the we've got the EPA coming in for some remediation for whatever Buford did there. Uh, maybe that's why my, my property valuation stayed the same, despite adding the beautiful, uh, luxurious deck that we did. Perhaps that's that's what it was. No, it's just it's just you get to a point in life where your kids reach an age where they're at a different level of independence. Uh, my, my, my daughter's going to be uh, 12 here in a matter of days. My son is uh, 17. He'll be 18, basically, for some purposes, no longer a minor in a matter of months. Yeah, your, your daughter's babysitting and, and reading books. Ba- and, yes, <laughs> babysitting. She's doing... Sometimes the kids ask for weird books for her to read. <laughs> but all of, that, all, all, all of that is true, and there were so many... You know, there's different stresses that come in life with older kids, obviously, but there are a lot of benefits. There's a lot of the the new parenting 2.0, if you will say, and now it feels like those have been really muted because some of those old things from parenting 1.0 are coming back during dog life. You just wanted some you time is what this sounds like. I used to be, I, I used to pretty much have unfettered ability to take a nap. When and needed. you don't know? Not with the no, not I mean, it's on the puppy schedule. It's on the puppy schedule now. Right? Uh just kind of stay in a room that I want to be in. Okay? That was all that was it's a nice bit of freedom that I've taken for granted. Give it a year and you'll be fine. A year oh, good. is good training. Okay, that sounds Yeah, by a year from now he'll have you trained. Yeah. <sighs> all right. Sounds like it already does. Yeah. Let's see. But ju- you know, just because, just so everybody knows, just because I don't post, uh, just because I post wildly pictures of me looking happy with the dog, I do still have that underlying. Oh, you're doing the fake happy on social media thing. Um, I mean, in moments, no, in moments, I'm the, I'm genuinely happy, and I do think, like I said, the the highs are truly high. It's just the the lows are. I don't. I don't post pictures of the low. Just but, uh, like that's you just want to complain, is all this sounds like. Just, sounds I'm just like being real. Everybody wants to know about how if I've turned the corner and now I'm this begrudging, curmudgeonly old man who has had this dog reach my heart and it's grown like the Grinch's at some point. And that's not really how it's going. No, the so Grinch's heart be, is more uh, more accessible than yours. I want to just be realistic and I want to uh, make sure this narrative that is starting to creep through the city is accurate that's all that's all uh th- that i wanted to say about that um all right what else do we have going on today so they um they they arrested the the guy who they believe did the uh that stabbing there a couple yes, of days ago Mark. Uh, last friday took a while to to find him yeah, but they found tip. him without incident apparently yeah they had some several tips uh that that uh, the of his whereabouts and he was arrested without incident up north um so yeah stephen alexander is in custody okay being charged um there's quite a story on that uh young man austin grass that uh 
died. He was out bike riding with his dad. Yeah, they're just going to get like a pop at the convenience store, yep. it sounds like. So, then an argument over the bike, uh, evidently, and led to the uh, stabbing. My goodness. Um, and they're still, uh, it's it's my understanding too, but there's, they are still looking for um, the, uh, the, driver. The, the, the driver of the hit and run it's, who left. Uh, this was the one on O Street on Sunday night, I believe. Um, Saturday night. Saturday night. Sorry, it's all there. It, yeah, it's. Yeah, I have to stop and think. Uh, some things. There were so many. Yes. There were so many things like this, and so many accidents on O Street, uh, which we got another one. But um, so, so this person though left on foot, from what I understand. Yeah. Just, from from this one, and there that person is still being sought by authorities. They believe they've got video of him, but uh, as yet, okay, uh, no confirmation that he's been uh, right. And, into custody. and then yesterday, you had uh, a collision involving a motorcyclist. This was in the afternoon yesterday at uh, near 84th and O. So right kind of there by the Coles uh, area, right? But I, the way I took it, it was near Cornhusker Bank and uh, um, Donna Millie's, I believe, in that area. So he was headed west on O Street, and SUVs going east on O Street tried to turn onto Rosswood Parkway, so going into that Donna Millie's, Coles, Cornhusker Bank mm-hmm. area at that point, and um, was hit. It was just one of those things where you try and make a left turn, I guess, and you misjudge how quickly the the car going the other direction is going. I don't know if oh, speed was a factor yeah, in this whole thing. I'm sure we'll find out more. Uh, but, you know, motorcycles are tough to see. You've got to really pay attention. Yeah. Uh, hopefully uh, the headlight was on and it was just a matter of didn't see them. Yeah, it was the afternoon. I mean, it was early in the afternoon when this whole thing happened. Uh, evidently, good news on the driver's condition, though. A 24-year-old man was in uh, critical, did have life-threatening injuries, but it sounds like in more stable condition as of last night, according to LPD as well. So that's there good. you go. There's our O Street update for the day. It feels like yeah. it's kind of becoming the norm here yeah. during this course of this summer. Uh, and not, then, not a happy place to be. No, not not at all. And then um, more is coming out, too. Man, I, guys, I'm sorry. We were just having story after story that is just so so sad and, and disappointing, but that's just kind of what, it, what it's been. But did you see they um, released some of the information on the family and the boy in York where the roof collapsed at that Hampton Inn, which I still have all kinds of questions about it. But it's a family from Hudson, Wisconsin. Um, and they were, they were traveling obviously. And, uh, the three boys in the family, um, they were able to, to rescue two of them. Um, I don't know exactly, you know, how and where they were. They tried to, uh, lift a section of it off him, but it was too heavy and they were unable, excuse me, they were unable to with the other one and seeing some of the family pictures, uh, of this family. It's just, uh, it's just heart wrenching. To, to take a look at those things so um yeah it's it's man it's been a it's been a dark rough few days of of local news and national news as well obviously well, yeah and even With monday everything. afternoon here in town a lady driving um uh let's see it was about three thirty monday afternoon 12th and b um driving and a car pulls up and puts six bullet holes in their her car really yeah they found six uh, casings no injuries, but they're trying My to find goodness. what's going on there. My goodness. Um. So yeah, there you go. You want to talk about something not as serious? Yeah. 
So our uh, poll of the week this week, we are uh, asking folks, what do you set your thermostat at during the summer? And we've got 79 plus, 73 to 78, 68 to 72, below 68. We have two comments on the post on Facebook. <laughs> okay. I think those ranges are a little wide. It's a, th- those are some important... There's some important delineations within those ranges, I think, just to just to critique. Well, the okay, poll. we could have just put every single temperature. That would have been helpful. Thank yeah. you. Um, <laughs> if I remember right, you suggested some of these ranges. No, I suggested the question. Both uh, Susan and Joan say they set their thermostat to 78. Never have me over. Uh, don't thir- think they're going to invite you. 13% of respondents say 79 plus. Mom, but- and again, I, I get it. It's a it's often a financial decision, so I don't want to make too much light of that. that Part of it situation. depends on whether you but get ceiling There's also fans. some people who don't mind that, which get we have a, fans oh, we, we have a ceiling fans. fan up in our bedroom. It doesn't do squat. <laughs> I'm on a. I mean, seriously, I am I am going or I am on a mission every day to try and track down any vents on lower levels that are open, and they keep thinking that it might somehow pump up. More of the cold air to where I'm trying to sleep at night. Whereas close those fence place- off, so the only way that the yeah. cold air can escape is your yeah. room. I assume. I mean, I guess I've always assumed, without really knowing much about HVAC, that that helps. Are you sure you don't have dampers in the uh, the plenum that goes upstairs? I don't. There's three words you said in that sentence. I don't. I mean, know if what you, it means. there could be a damper closed in there. I'll check the plenum. Serious question. I, serious answer. I have no idea what a plenum is, Mark. That's the... Never mind. I'll explain it to you later. Thanks. I uh, appreciate that. 56% say 73 to 78, by the way. Okay, where's, where are my 72 people at? 23% our, say ours, 68 to 72. See, I, ours at night goes to 72, but it goes to 80 during the day. Jeez. What, are you, but nobody's there, right? I am. <sighs> I, I, I've got a ceiling fan in my office and a little... Fan on the is that, desk. Is that to is that to save money or is that because you like it? Yeah, both. Yeah, I don't mind the eighty. Some days I do if the humidity's high. I mean, Mark Vale at home is just in short shorts, no shirt. You don't need to turn <laughs> the temperature out, down for that. Out the that's, work. that's that's why I have a, a piece of tape over my uh, webcam. <laughs> <laughs> where I thought that tape was going. <laughs> I thought that was. I thought that was just. You're not worried so much about Big Brother spying on you. You're worried about offending Big Brother. It sounds like. Yeah, pretty much. CIA's uh, at home. Like, I think we're going to need to shut this. And down. then we knew this story was coming, but Maroon Five had to cancel their concert again. Their whole North American in Lincoln, tour. Criminy. Yeah, and it's a whole thing, and it's sort of cryptic about what it. It was about like high costs and unforeseen circumstances. And this whole thing, I kind of wanted. I that's a show I probably would have gone to. I'm really, I'm kind of bummed about that one. Um, but it got people who really wanted to see them, who are like super fans, got to be so frustrated because mm-hmm. it was supposed to happen during the pandemic. They canceled it, held off forever, held off. People were wondering to do it with tickets. They reschedule the thing. They get up to a month in advance of it, and they cancel the whole thing again. Trying to see Maroon Five here in Lincoln is getting very difficult. Very di- come on. James needs to James needs to get the guys together, Lincoln native, okay? Bring them out and maybe just an acoustic show at Pioneers, a low cost acoustic show uh, at uh, Pinewood Bowl. Why not right out here in our parking lot? That'd be fine. Yeah, too. we could do it for a Friday. Request on Friday. Maybe we could have a house band. 
Request which is, signed Friday. Which is Our house Maroon band five. is Maroon Hey, five. can you guys play Danger Zone? <laughs> you guys know any uh, Seals and Croft? <laughs> yeah. We've got this one listener that really likes Ugly Kid Joe. Uh, do you know any of their stuff? <laughs> what about Japanese metal? By the way, I did a little research yesterday. I don't know whether you guys really care for it, but I did a little research. Okay. Found out that the price of a slice of pie in the Bahamas is five bucks, and in Jamaica, it's seven bucks. Really? Yeah. Now you know the pie rates of the Caribbean. <laughs> that was bad. That was good setup. <laughs> Six twenty-five. We're sorry on KLIN. Waking up the capital city with the help of Nitro Cold Brew Coffee from Broken Rail Beverage Company. This is 1499.3 KLIN. A look at news from both inside and outside of Lincoln and conversation on how that news affects us here. It's time for the Sound Off on LNK Today. But first... Uh-oh. I forgot to tell you that it's Wednesday. Well, I think I might have said that it's Wednesday, but I forgot to tell you what that means on this show. What kind not, of a Wednesday is not it? Not sure if you know. It is a What Chaps Your Hide Wednesday. God, you, and, you left the H out of it that time. And I think, it's a good, I think it's a good week for that, you know, uh, still kind of coming off the, the impact of the, the three-day weekend. We still got fireworks laying around our neighborhoods. <laughs> What's the deal with people that don't pick up their fireworks, by the way? Jeez. Come on, like stack them up, put them out by the trash. Why are we still got them laying in the street? That was a little early chaps for you there. Uh, but yeah, so we, we've got that opportunity for you to tell us what it is that's bugging you, what's driving you nuts, what's that little thing that kind of pokes at you. Uh, nobody else wants to hear about it, but we will. And you're going to feel better after getting off your chest. I felt so much better last week after I uh, had a very, uh, very, very much talked about conversation last week about uh, clerks who are clerks and cashiers and people in drive-thrus who are over overly curious about the rest of your day and I, I will tell you what it legitimately made me feel better about everything and so i am um, a case study in the successes of what chaps your hide wednesday the ability to sort of reduce stress make you a more pleasant person and you can have that too by simply telling us what chaps your hide how you can do that text us in the rick stein recognition text line uh, you can call us. We'll open the phones at 710. Not now. I'm just going to sit on hold now. Uh, <laughs> or or you can go to Facebook.com slash LNK today where we put up a thread every week that asks for your responses. So there you go. And uh, just one more heads up. I try to mention as often as possible because we get so many questions. But uh, there is no theme this week for Request Line Friday. You are free to do what you want after we had a lot of success last week with the America theme. We're taking one week off from themes and like you to be able to play whatever you want. You can always check what the upcoming topic, what the upcoming genre is going to be at KLIN.com slash Request Line Friday. And you can go ahead and put it in request there if you'd like to. Or you can pull up some of the old playlists from yeah. the uh, from the other weeks that we've done it. So those are uh, all there for you now at KLIN.com slash Request Line Friday. And if so. you're worried that one of those playlists does not have Danger Zone... They, they, they probably much all do. do. They probably do have danger pretty zone. Pretty much. This all is the do. summer of danger zone. Will the streak continue? Now that I'm saying it like this, it's 100 percent going to. But <laughs> will the streak continue into uh, into the month of July? We will see. Danger zone is on a better run than if by bread was on. Yeah, if by bread had a solid run. Battle of New Orleans has a little weird mini run going on right now as well. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, you you, all, you always get a few of those <laughs> for some reason. And especially now that it's open. But we should yeah. say we, we do have 
um, most of the remaining request line Fridays. We'll see what's going to happen once we do get to tailgate um, in uh, at the end of August. This but, is a tough discussion that we've obviously been avoiding having <laughs> right. with you. But we do have most of the Fridays going forward themed after this week. Okay. So you can see what those are. We they're subject to change, but at least what we're planning for them to be. But we'll get them updated and have them solidified the week of uh, for sure. And then, yeah, just it, it's probably good that you mentioned it, Caleb, because uh, Fridays will be the Friday Husker tailgate. Yep, coming up once football season starts. I, imagine it. Imagine it like the. Uh, you know, when you were really into Seinfeld or, or you know, one of your favorite TV shows, when they used to actually use the TV calendar every year for right. network shows and season finale happened in, in in May and then a new season premiere would start in, in September mm-hmm. at some point and you use the summer to do, uh, you know, to talk about, watch other things, do that sort of thing. Uh, that's kind of what, what Request Line Friday will probably will probably be. So I'm just starting to prepare you emotionally for that. Or because it's gonna be a it's gonna be a difficult journey for some people. Or everyone just message our bosses, yeah, and let them know we need to make LNK today longer. Oh, just just add some time to it. Yeah, add could, some time. You, so, so you could do both. You're saying, yeah. So we could just cut tailgate off like we trying to get us more hours of work and, per day. Is yeah, I am. Yeah, more hours, less pay. I'd be okay. That's how it works, right? I'd be okay with that. <laughs> All right, let us jump into the sound off. Uh, let's see. Let's start. Let's start with Highland Park. The vice president traveled there last night. Um, met with officials there. Met with first responders there. Had a few uh, brief statements there. It was kind of a kind of a quick trip there. But uh, here's a little bit more from that. The vice president offered condolences to the Highland Park community after Monday's mass shooting at the small city's Fourth of July parade. But she also renewed the Biden administration's call to limit access to some weapons. We got to be. Smart smarter as a country in terms of who has access to what, and in particular assault weapons. Meanwhile, federal agents are looking into the background of accused shooter Robert Cremo III, the suspect allegedly able to buy five weapons, including two rifles, all legally. Police say he was able to get those weapons despite incidents of threatening suicide and violence against his family. Jill Nato, Fox News. Okay, so I I have a I don't necessarily want to start a wide ranging discussion on this, but just to understand the positions that that people have on some of these things is is that a spot where he's he's been you know and and I guess we don't know all of the details of what was alleged or said or what authorities knew about, but just just sort of generally, if someone has become to a point where they're suicidal, outwardly suicidal, or they've come to a point where they are threatening, at some point in their life, threatening violence up to killing their family members to the point that the family members report them, uh-huh. is that a scenario where they should have some some level of restriction in terms of what they can can have right for guns or not and and if so what does that what does a fair way to do that look like I'm like, sure this is just a hypo this is just a legitimately right, yeah, a yeah. hypothetical question for because there's such a divide on this issue i would think um, within that on the report and obviously i don't know what that report looked like of yeah it, it probably members. depends on that a bit d- d- does that include 
um, like documented evidence? Is there video? Is there messages? Um, so, and it sounds so, like the family didn't want to press charges, and so right. that's why it didn't get to a level of some kind of a criminal, but it was enough that they did get authorities involved at one point. Um, um, so, yeah, it's uh, so there would have to be within all of that because the last thing anyone wants, whether folks want much more stricter, much stricter gun control or they don't want any controls. The the part where you're going to lose a lot of people is if you can just have someone go and report someone they don't like, and then them lose their um, right. ability to own a firearm. Right. So you, it would definitely have to be documented evidence within that, but it feels like you're on on the track of something that's very agreeable. There, there's maybe I don't know. That's what I'm wondering. Like I, 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 I think I'm trying to find out where there is. And of course, you'll never have common ground with 100%. But is there any common ground at all between the the sides of this debate right now? Which you you did have some legislation passed on a bipartisan basis. It certainly wasn't unanimous by any means. But I'm trying to figure out if there is any common ground whatsoever on something like that. And I, I legitimately ask that question because I don't know the answer. I know what I think about it. But, but to those who are um, concerned about... Uh, concerned about gun control going too far uh, how would you feel about about a situation like that generally yeah generally somebody who's suicidal or somebody who's uh-huh. had made made essentially i mean at least alleged terroristic threats towards his own family at that even though it wasn't ever taken to any kind of adjudication uh through the legal system there um but yes nonetheless he was charged uh they said more charges are coming here at this point, um, they they read those charges just a little bit before the vice president came last night at this point. And uh, it's still, you know, it's still, I don't know, fascinating is probably not the right word. But if he's been suicidal in the past, right, and he knows, I mean, I, I think he, I don't know, he did. I don't know if he thought he was going to be able to stay on the run forever mm-hmm. after this whole thing was over or had something other planned, but... It does still surprise me a little bit that they got him alive. Yeah, as long after after this as it happened. Oh, and that that he uh, he abandoned his weapon immediately to take off. Right, which was which was. I mean, I, you could argue if he was kind of putting on a costume to get away, that was to blend in. Mm-hmm. You're not going to blend in very well if you're carrying a some kind of a rifle right. at that point. And so that I assume was that. So there was a there was a thought out escape plan. But it does make you wonder what was the rest of the plan after that mm-hmm. exactly? Yeah, um, he, he was, and he had uh, had weapons in his car too. Yeah, he he was clearly going into it with a, a level of thinking that there was a, a survivability chance. Yeah. So there you go. Yeah, but uh, five five uh, firearms that were purchased all all legally, uh, all legally according to the the local and state and federal laws that were in place at the time. Uh, all right, what else do we have? Uh, oh, boy, a little blowback uh, on the Biden administration because of a uh, a tweet uh, that was aimed at, uh, at gas retailers, essentially. The White House is blaming high gas prices both on Russian President Vladimir Putin as well as on the oil and gas industry as a whole. The president even drew some surprise and outrage from some over the weekend and with a tweet in which read, quote, my message to the companies running gas stations and setting prices at the pump is simple. This is a time of war and global peril. Bring down the price you're charging at the pump to reflect the cost you're paying for the product and do it now. With those midterm elections looming, the White House is facing growing questions about its long-term economic strategy, even because we are seeing this inflation continue to break records. 
with unemployment still remaining very low. All right. So there you go. By the way, gas prices have fallen for 21 days straight. Now, it's probably in part because demand is is starting to wane at some point. Um, it, it, it's interesting. Consumption actually got, for gas actually hit its lowest point for this time of year since 2014, if you take out the pandemic, which was kind of an exception yeah. to, to all of that. Um, hopefully, stockpiles of oil have increased along with that. And so hopefully some of the future, and I, I saw some of the industry insiders speculating that this is potentially good news over uh-huh. the coming weeks and months, but who knows, right? I mean, it feels, it feels like it takes, feels like it takes six months for them to go down <laughs> like 60 cents. But then one thing, you know, you get one day where there's some bit of news or something. It's it like, can whoop, jump right week, back yeah. up. It's like, it, it's like one step forward, 83 steps back, essentially with this, uh, with this whole thing. So we'll see. Hopefully some potentially positive oh. news there. Uh, all right, what else do we have here? Um, bu- 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 oh, yeah, uh, so FDA, for the time being, is no longer going to be uh, going to be going after banning uh, Juul e-cigarettes or vapes or, or whatever you call them. They, they uh, essentially had a, a court issue a temporary injunction stopping them, and they're going to go along with this now. We'll see what that means for the future. The FDA says it will suspend its ban on Juul e-cigarettes, while the company appeals the agency's order to pull its products off the U.S. market. The agency gave that order in June, noting that Juul had failed to submit sufficient evidence that the e-cigarettes were safe. Now, the FDA says it's determined there are scientific issues unique to Juul that warrant additional review. The agency has cleared the way for rivals Reynolds American and Enjoy Holdings to sell their e-cigarettes in the U.S. Carmen Roberts, Fox News. Okay, I didn't know they gave thumbs up to a to another one. See, that's kind of that, that's a little bit of the interesting thing here. Is there's something specific with Jewel that they're mm-hmm. not liking about w- what they're saying in terms of its safety concerns? Because they've essentially given the green light to now. Two other products right. that are, I guess, similarly situated that that are you know in the same the same market. And, and I same... don't use these products enough to know very specific differences between them. I don't I, I don't know either. But they have, this is like the convenience store. They line those they line those three up. But again, the thing the the, the crazy thing is again you've got these that are going through these like tooth and nail like fda hearings and battles and everything and then down the street there's a vape shop with you know rainbow miracle flavor (laughs) i mean like right like unicorns dancing in the sky flavor and all all of that stuff as well so it's a it's, it's just a weird couple of different levels there on that um oh this is uh this was a little scary for concert goers in uh, Michigan, maybe not what you were th- you're thinking here, but uh, going to see Carlos Santana perform, and apparently the uh, the heat got the better of Carlos Santana oh, no. when he was on stage. Santana was playing north of Detroit at the Pine Knob Music Theater in Clarkston. Audience members say he was about 40 minutes into his set when he collapsed. EMS personnel treated him on stage, but soon got him off to the side. Witnesses say as he was carried off, he waved to the crowd. His manager issued a statement saying Santana was suffering from heat exhaustion and dehydration. He says the 74-year-old music legend was hospitalized and he's doing well. Last December, the 10-time Grammy winner canceled a few Las Vegas dates in order to get what his manager calls a heart procedure done. 
Jill Nato, Fox News. I will tell you, I'm impressed with these musicians of a certain age when they're still able to tour and perform like they are. I mean, we talked about the Rolling Stones yesterday. I'm really, I'm really impressed that Keith Richards is upright, frankly. <laughs> Um, well, they're talking about and, Santana. And it was, still smoking cigarettes, which is unbelievable. It was 40 minutes into his set. Right. Not like, oh, he was came out and was doing an encore. No, right. he was still going strong. Yeah, and he plays a ton, and he still plays a ton, too. But, yeah, shout out. I hope I can play some. I'm probably not going to be able to play guitar like him, but do the equivalent physical exertion that it is for doing <laughs> right, these shows yes. when, I'm, when I'm his age. Uh, last but not least, movies are back, Caleb. We can officially, you know, yes. we kept we kept saying during the pandemic, when are certain things going to feel like they are back? And it actually be kind of an interesting review to go down and sort of go over the various things. Like, when did it feel like we got back to normal? And we debated overall, is this normal? Is this the new normal? Yeah, movies are back to normal. Yes, now at the movie theater, and there's no better evidence, obviously, of this. Top Gun first, but now. This Minions movie, people are losing their dang minds over. They're forking over dough like crazy to see what a sequel of this, uh, this prequel, thing, uh, prequel, whatever. There are a lot of other villains in the world, but I am going to be a super villain. Minions, the rise of Gru, breaks an Independence Day four-day opening record of $125.1 million. Rise of Gru had the highest average ticket price for an animated movie during the pandemic at $12.82 mil, beating Lightyear and Sonic the Hedgehog 2. And all this for a movie that was originally scheduled to come out two years ago. The universal flick follows a young Gru who tries to join a group of supervillains called the Vicious Six. When the interview turns disastrous, Gru and his minions go on the run. I am pretty despicable. Celebrity voices include Steve Carell, Russell Brand, and Julie Andrews. Mary Corsetti, Fox News. <laughs> get Julie Andrews in that thing. Uh, all right, so there you go. Movies are back. Yes, we are. can officially say it right now. <laughs> 64, we'll take a break. Talk with the cop officer Chad's next on KLI. John DeSauer. They done it. And now LPT needs your help. Crime Stoppers on LNK Today. I was just showing uh, Officer Chad the research I had been doing. Look at me delving into the number, the publicly available numbers from the Lincoln Police Department. I I was just curious about fireworks calls because anecdotally it seemed quieter this year, and the numbers really bared it out. Uh, 19 uh, calls for fireworks disturbances on the 3rd, 30 on the 4th, which may or may not seem like a lot to you, but compare that to like 2019, 56 on the 3rd and 80 on the 4th. It was about... Half or less of what you would get in a normal year for some reason. Which I'll be honest with you, we appreciate. Yeah, um, I bet you do. I, I worked during the day on the fourth, and it was it was busy-ish. Um, nothing fireworks related for me though. It was really, really this was kind of a strange year. Yeah, and that would be out of the normal for working that day. Absolutely, typically. Would. yeah. What? Usually we're taking nothing but fireworks complaints. Is it usually just neighbors who are upset that it's loud, or what um, do those look like usually? You know, people complain that the fireworks that their neighbors are using are illegal, or they're throwing them in their yard, or it's done damage to their house or car. Um, people get into arguments. Silly arguments, to be honest with you, about who lit what or who gets to light what. Wait, who, nobody calls you about who gets to light what, do I've, they? I've been on those calls, yes. <laughs>
And Terry, I'll, I said I get the sparklers. We said every other one. Well, usually it's one of those, well, one of you should put a beer down before you light something <laughs> oh, kind of deals. But yeah, no, I, I honestly haven't heard of any uh, missing digits this year, which is kind of a nice change. That's, I'll take that's that. That's good. Yeah, that's yeah. good. I agree. That's good. Uh, yeah, that's not far from the old, uh, the fast food restaurant didn't give me what I ordered and I'm calling the police because of it. <laughs> or my coffee is cold in the drive-thru. My coffee is, wait, wait, is that happened? <laughs> uh, I don't know that it's happened here, but I've seen you it in it the news actually. in the past. Coffee yeah. is cold. All right. Uh, all right, what are we talking about with Crime Stoppers this Well, week? we've got one for the animal lovers here. I'll warn you, this one kind of hurts to even say. Uh, this is called dog poison, poisoning. Oh, Excuse this. me. Um, yeah, back in May on the 19th, somebody in the 600 block of Westby decided it'd be a good idea to put some orange pellets into a family pet's dish. Uh, they were actually caught on camera in the middle of the night doing this. Unfortunately, the family did lose one dog a little bit later when they caught these images. Uh, Thankfully, their other dog was inside. Uh, This is a pretty pretty despicable one, so if we can get some help on that, we'd really appreciate that. Uh, The next one is hosed. Cleaning crew back on May 18th. They're at the Russ's 17th in Washington. They're vacuuming and cleaning on the inside, and they had a vacuum hose strung into the the store from mm -hmm. their van. Well, the hose just kind of snuck out the door all of a sudden so they went out to see what's going on and they saw somebody driving their van out of the parking lot oh, yeah with a vacuum hose with the vacuum hose it. sliding out the back <laughs> yep. all the way down yeah right. so you're gonna say they stole the hose i was like really well uh, no. the van attached to it too I, you would have to go for the van i <laughs> yeah, mean i guess so it's the vacuum's probably you know. too heavy all right hey how can people help uh, help you guys out with this you can give us anonymous tips at 475-3600 or at lincolncrimestoppers.com all right very good thank you very much Chad. thank oh, you guys. i saw top gun it was awesome. and what'd you think awesome did very you see happy. the whole thing? Or yes, they... I saw the whole thing. All right. I knew it. it was very good. <laughs> I knew you would want to know. 7 o'clock, KLI and Lincoln. Live from the Momo Pizzeria and Ristorante Studios at 44th and O. Morning radio for the entire capital city. This is LNK Today with Jack and Friends on the Voice of Lincoln, 1499.3 KLIN. It's time to get it off your chest with What Chaps Your Hide Wednesday. Call or text the Rick Stein Recognition Hotline at 402-479-1400 to tell us what's chapping your hide. All right, this is your chance. You've got those little things, maybe somewhat inconsequential. Maybe they would be called first world problems, and you sort of feel like you should keep them in, but then they eat, they fester inside of you. And instead, you could just put them out there and uh, have a little discussion about them and find out, hey, maybe I'm not the only one that feels that way. And then all of a sudden, your day gets a little brighter. There's a little hop in your step. You're more productive. You're more happy. You are a better part of our community. That's what we are going for here. It's community service here on What Chaps Your Hide Wednesday. You can share us what is chapping your hide. Share with us what is chapping your hide today via the text line, Rick Stein Recognition text line at 402-479-1400. Give us a call right now. Phone lines are open this segment. And also, you can go to Facebook.com slash LNK today. Caleb reports to me that there is kind of a kind of a, a tepid response today. It's a little slow. To what chaps ride Wednesday, con- considering what we normally get, which is fine. I think we all know there is a, a point someday, and I don't know when this day will come. It could be 
uh, weeks away, it could be years away, it could be decades away, where uh, the Wet Chaps Your Hide Wednesday music comes on, and it's just crickets on all of our communications uh-huh. devices, and that means we've we've met our goal finally, and we've created a problem-free community, uh, essentially a utopia here to live in. But until that moment happens, we will give you the opportunity to tell us what is chapping your hide. And so, without any further ado, let's find out what is chapping people's hide. I'm going to go to the text line today to start things out if that's okay with you caleb yeah we are going to start with the text line and of course as soon as i do that my text line thing is making me log in and it doesn't think it's me so uh why don't you uh why don't you tell me what's on the text line today uh jason says people who complain about gas prices then light off 30 dollars shells $30 shit. Oh, fireworks. fireworks. Yeah. yeah. Fireworks. I was going to say, I'd just go to the beach and pick them up. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Uh, Mark Not Vale says, just a minor chap. <laughs> Mark Not Vale, is that a new one? That's good. It's been there, yeah. Uh, says, just a minor chap. Virtually everyone says, happy 4th of July or have a great 4th. There's almost no references to the actual name of the holiday, Independence Day. Guess how we could fix that. that's how we could fix that have it on a monday every year no not a monday every year have it on a friday or a saturday every single year and call it independence day and celebrate the myriad of significant dates that happened within that process yeah including july 2nd which was a, a very big one in the history uh laura says the number of cars parked on our narrow narrow oh, residential yes. street why do yes. the houses with three or more vehicles insist on parking their entire fleet on the street rather than in their driveway they've got cars parked inches away from either side of my driveway and directly across the street getting out of my driveway has become a giant game of tetris the amount of cars parked on small residential streets is so annoying when you're driving through them and you, you i mean it, it, and then it was it was exacerbated this weekend because people were having parties and and people over and so they were really lined up but like they would be lined up so far in each direction in my neighborhood that i would get into you know the tunnel of cars that you go through on both sides of the road and it goes so far that you can't even tell someone else is in it coming from the other direction and then you get into that weird game of like oh, are one of us going to go into one of these driveways what are we going to do here exactly so that both of us can get through this thing um i i i know some communities have it where you can only park on one side of the street um I sometimes wonder if that's not something we should we should think about. But it is Murphy's law. It is absolutely Murphy's law that whenever you come upon, especially two cars that are parked across the street from each other on a residential street, is Murphy's law that that's the first time you're going to see a car coming from the other direction. And Vale's axiom to Murphy's law is Murphy was an optimist. Thank you. Appreciate it. I appreciate it. I don't know. I'm I'm completely with her at this point. Now I am now I will say this though. Here's here's something that also chaps my hide. We are now a three car family. We've been that way uh for uh what about uh, a little over a year now. Okay. And so we're a three car family. And the thing about see I, I would I would go a little bit in the other way of what I was just saying. Because there's nothing more frustrating that you know you're ready to go to work, you're ready to get out of the, ready to get out of the house to go do something at this point, and number three car 
I'm not going to name names, but the person who's got the car that has not been granted access to the garage decided to park in the driveway instead of on the street, meaning you're not able to back your own car up without moving that one. Why are we why are we doing that all the time? Why do we that's again, not naming names, just this nameless, faceless third person with a car in my house that I, I actually would prefer that car is on the street. Because I don't have a three-car garage, just two-car garage, and well, that's time, that's based on seniority. Time to move, maybe get an artificial yard so that Reggie doesn't destroy it. I want. Is anybody? Is that a thing anywhere where people do? Now, I mean, they make that field turf look so good. My sister like, got, got uh, artificial down in Phoenix. Really? Okay. Now I know a lot of places in Arizona they just do like the rocks. Yep. But she's actually got. Artificial grass on their front. Is, is there any maintenance required nope. for it? Nope. Does it look like like the stuff in Memorial Stadium? Yeah, kind of with bl- individual blades and yep. stuff. Do they have yep. the rubber rubberized tires mm-hmm. and stuff in it? Yep. Or, really? Yeah. I'm kind of surprised that isn't more of a thing. To you be do something to save water down there. Save water. Uh, what I'm gonna do? The field turf people. I know they just put the new stuff in Memorial Stadium. It'd be cool. You could get. You could get you know stuff painted on it too. Then. Like sure. a football field, you put your, a logo in the middle of your backyard. I mean, why no, does nobody do this? No one's stopping it, you from doing that now. Well, I mean, if it's grass that it grows, it's not going to be permanent. Obviously, you're gonna you're gonna have to mow well, it, mow it away, and it'll be taken care of. Also, would it look super weird in Lincoln to have one just like emerald green, shining lawn in the neighborhood with all the yellow around you everywhere else? Well, yeah. No, be that beacon. And it usually works only works the area works the best when it's a perfectly flat surface. Is that, most yard, okay. most yards aren't. Yeah, mine isn't. Flat. I want someone to try that. I want to see how this works. This is interesting to me. How much? How much? The invest. I'm sure it's expensive. Sure, it costs a fortune. Don't know. But how much are you saving? How much? I mean, what's that? What's that hour you spend mowing every week costing you? The gas, right? <laughs> Now it's got to cost extra money to mow the lawn. Your yard is a permanent mower, putting water. green. What you could put, a, you could have a putting green in there. You you could do some of that thing as well. How has this not become a bigger thing? Are these people just not marketing very well? What's going on here with this? Lots of questions. Some city law against it. I don't know. Uh, and, and plenty of people love the fake palm trees in their yards. You notice that? That's a thing. Fake palm trees in yards. What I want to know is like, does that make you? Do you keep those up year round? Is that really making you feel some sort of faux warmth and happiness in January and February when you do those? Feeling a little tropical in because the snow? Because I love palm trees. I do, too. I, I, if I could get a real palm tree in my backyard, I would. In fact, I just Googled this recently because I was curious about it. Where is the most northern palm tree in uh, North America? And now I can't remember the answer, so this is a great segment here. I, I think it was somewhere in Cali- northern California, which is the very northernmost palm tree that you're going to find anywhere maybe north carolina but um but yeah i'd I'd be interested in in, we need also develop some sort of a hybrid uh, palm tree that can work in the uh in the winter cold for nebraska that's the other thing i have a lot of requests today here mainly uh all right facebook page is that all our texts uh no we had a bunch of texts come in while you were filibustering the segment listen um that paul is also on the phone line Oh, okay. I didn't see he's that. Been there for like five minutes. Okay, well that'll get him. I'm sure he's drank a couple of <laughs> cups of coffee and he's already now. Let's go to him. Morning, that Paul. What's chapping your high today? Well, yeah, 
First, why aren't they putting the Nebraska logos on their artificial grass like at Morrill Stadium? Two words. Three and nine. <laughs> That's three words, by I the way. I guarantee you that if we even get above break even on these seasons, we're going to see a big surge in Husker love. You'll never diminish the faith of the that Paul. Because I love my Huskers. But some people just don't have the fervor that they need. Like the fervor they had on the 4th when they were blowing stuff up. That was beautiful. Now, what's chapping my hide? What in the name of West Texas crude is going on? You go to Gas Buddy, Gas in Omaha, Gas in Milford. <laughs> 20 cents cheaper than what we're paying here in the great city of Lincoln. Come on, Lincoln. What's going on? <laughs> That's what's chapping my hide. All right. Thank you, Paul. I appreciate it. I will say this. You're starting to get those random non-bulk stores that are 15, 20 cents below what you're seeing. other. Pl- I don't, again... I don't want to give any free advertising out, but I think you guys know what I'm talking about. Have you seen these? Yep. Like, I'll see a... Especially the two on North 84th. Okay. That that was one of them that I was thinking (laughs) of that I was trying to keep anonymous, but I guess that's over. I didn't didn't (laughs) say their name. Yeah, that's the exact one I was... The one I was thinking of. Like, the other day, it was like 344. Uh, or 444. I get yeah. it. I always oh, forget geez. the first number. Sorry, 444. <laughs> don't go there now. 444, where it's still 468. Right, uh, like everywhere else in the city. So I don't know if the wars are starting, but bring them to me. Let's go. Bring me some gas wars. One of those was one when they first opened. They started like an artificial gas war out there on North. Do you guys remember that? Mm -hmm. Out on North 48. They were North 84th. Or North. Goodness sakes. You get your tongue in front of your eye teeth and you can't see what you're saying. Yes, North 84th. You're right. And they would go like 30 cents below everything else. It was always fascinating. What do you got, Caleb? Uh, Pine Lake Mike sent us a uh, there is a dealership here in the state of Nebraska that does PGA caliber golf greens, lawns, and pet areas. Whoa. I don't even know why I didn't even think of that being a new pet owner. Thank you. I'm gonna I'm gonna look that up. Even just an area, just a, a a little section. Yeah, in the backyard. Man, I'm fascinated. Why is this not more of a thing? I mean, we listen. I get that it's expensive, but we certainly have people in the community that are spending money on extravagant things. <laughs> I mean, there, that that obviously is happening. I I don't need to delineate how that happens here. Why is that not more of a thing? I don't know. Really fascinated. Um, okay. Uh, now, more on the text line or not? Are we uh, yeah, so the Jeremy says, chaps my hide that Caleb has removed the articles from his sports news. The Royals lost to the Guardians. Much ha- Must have too much sports news in July and has to save time. <laughs> I'm not saying the. And that's okay. Okay. I'm fine with that, the Jeremy. Um, that one was very personal for him. Southern Snow, as Mark calls them, stop lines. People stopping way past them makes it hard for semi-drivers to turn. Oh. Yes, it does. Oh, and it makes, yeah. It makes it hard for motor coach operators to turn as well. I always do. I see one of those coming. I realize I did that. I do the polite thing, throw it in reverse, check behind me, 
Make sure I've clear. Put it in get reverse, ba- Terry. Get it. Get back a little bit, and then you know I expect some obviously some kind of a courtesy wave or acknowledgement from the big rig uh, or the driver. Sure. Uh, but you know that's what drives me. That kind of I got your courtesy kind of wave right here. Ah. <laughs> that's what also my drivers sound like in my head. By the way, <laughs> uh, OG Steven says, "Chaps, uh, people that don't understand what lane to turn into." Yes. Why I failed my initial driver's That's test. One of the things I have talked about in the past. What do you it's, mean? It's, From like turning a right turn and not staying in the most right, right lane? You That's mean correct. that kind of thing? That's oh. right. I had a guy. I had a guy. I was making a right turn, and you know the light was. Uh, I, I was green, but it was turning yellow, and there was somebody out making a left turn like across from me. And so we would have hypothetically we would both turned into right different lanes. Mm-hmm. You, you know, am I making sense to you guys? Mm-hmm. But when I see that and I saw that he's turning yellow, I always think, okay, he's going to wonder if I'm going, what, what I'm doing exactly. And so I didn't go. I, I held off my right turn until he could pass, go left. Mm-hmm. The guy behind me lays on his horn at me. And I'm like, wow, is, was that really that egregious for me to do there at that point? I'd just rather he clears it and goes when the light's yellow than have all of the, the this potential situation here. Now, granted, I've been a person who said when you have the right of way, use it. Because if you don't use the right of way, it screws everything up. If I have a stop sign and you don't and you're waving me to go through the stop sign, that's annoying. But so maybe I'm being that guy there with that whole thing. Mike says 105 degree heat index. Yeah, getting better. It was a nice, it was a very pleasant rain today. And a Patsy seeing people with masks. Okay. Bothers her. Are we that mad just because someone else we is got wearing to get, something? Didn't we, are we getting it to where everybody can do what they want? <laughs> are we that upset by someone else doing something for them? <laughs> that chaps my hide. Yeah, I don't I gotta gotta be honest why that would why that would everybody do it's the freedom thing right all right is that it we good left we lane loafers for now left lane loafers <laughs> yes we know mark if we, <laughs> we may have time for more so keep sending them in uh we'll get to it during the eight o'clock hour as well 725 it's lnk today with jack and friends on klin i like the local news because it doesn't get into all these politics get today's top new presented by stonebridge insurance and wealth management on 1499.3 KLIN. All right, without any further ado, let's get the morning drive started, beginning with number five. Just into the newsroom, it was about an hour ago, we got a, an email from Nebraskans for Medical Marijuana that they've actually hit their 87,000 threshold in raw signatures that would put the initiatives on the ballot. They said in the last six weeks, they've gone from 40,000 signatures to just over the 87,000 needed. Now, they had wow. a goal of 120,000, you know, to give you a little um, little cushion Buffer. there. Right. But they've got until noon tomorrow, so they're about 28 hours, uh, yeah, 28 and a half hours away from, and if they keep going like that, they may have a, a little bit of a better buffer. So they need they need 40 raw on each Petition. They need 87,000 so, raw on each. 87. Okay, they had 40,000. I had said 40. that wrong. Yep. To 87 on each. I don't know typically, Mark, what the number is with these petitions, and I'm sure it varies petition by petition. Petition about how many of these names get kicked out uh, for yep, one but, reason or another yep. because they're not Nebraska residents or a fake name or it doesn't match up with, with what's going on. 
But that's where the focus now is going to be on this process. And yeah, yeah, they probably are going to be able to get a, a few more over the next day. Uh, what day? day it's uh, Thursday, right? Yeah. Right. So, so through Thursday, today and tomorrow, that'll give them a little bit more of a buffer. But now all of the focus is going to be on that process of potentially kicking out signatures that they've got and how many did they do that? And is there so many that they just miss that number or just get by that number? And we'll we'll have to wait and see. But, but that's where this yeah, whole thing goes now. It would seem pretty obvious to me that it's been about six weeks since that uh, uh, court ruling that kicked out the, the counties, the 38 counties. Yes. And so I think that may have had something to do with this big surge in, in uh, signatures. Well, if you if you follow kind of what they've been trying to do, they've really uh, they've really kind of blanketed Lincoln and Omaha with businesses where they can just say people can go to those businesses if they want to sign. Uh, of course, I'm sure over Fourth of July weekend they spent a lot of time out at public gatherings where there were a lot of people there Absolutely. wherever they could they could find those. But the strategy the last few days has been. Just blanketing Lincoln and Omaha primarily with businesses. I know they've had a couple in in Grand Island as well. And then they even have given phone numbers for people in other communities that want to, if they want to figure out and sign it. And so it has been, boy, it has been, it's been a long haul. I'll I'll tell you what, um, (laughs) I know you talked, we are, was Joe that talked yesterday about talking to a paid petitioner for the voter ID campaign and going through that process. I talked to one yesterday briefly. You you talked to one briefly as well. But man, the the volunteering that has gone on for this and other petitions, I'm sure, as well, where your whole weekend is this whole process. Uh, It doesn't sound particularly fun to spend your 4th of July with. I thought Joe's uh, discussion on on the paid circulators versus the volunteers that that Nebraskans for medical marijuana were were forced to use. um, I, I didn't realize that the paid petition signature gatherers got quite as much as they did yeah i didn't either when, when joe said what was it did he say what four dollars per signature i believe four dollars but said but, it could be uh, up as high as 10 i thought 10 or 12 um, in some states in some places where they're actually going it uh, boy no matter what if this summer if this does get on the ballot here what a road that is taken oh they've been to actually get on the ballot um or to get into law from close legislative losses where it looked like you might have the momentum in in a couple of years, um, then then the uh, failed attempt last year at the last minute because of the Supreme Court decision that went along with that, and then you look like okay, well we've got it right legally now, but then the money dries up essentially in the signature drive, and so you're relying on volunteers, and then you've got to go through another court case that is still pending, and, and it is an interesting question too. When if if there is a change in the temporary injunction that's out there that counts them as statewide instead of by county, when is that retroactive to exactly? How does that impact? You know, what if there was a decision that came down? And I don't know what the timing will be exactly. But what if there's a decision that came down in October saying that the previous way that votes were counted was uh, was appropriate and met constitutional muster? What does that mean? <laughs> do, do do you take it off? Off the ballot at that point, or does it still get in under the temporary injunction? And I'll be honest, I don't, I don't completely know the answer to all of those questions that go along with this. But um, yeah, I, I, I mean, I think you're going to have, I, I legitimately think you're going to have a statewide vote in November. I could be wrong, but I think you have a statewide vote in November that passes voter ID, that passes medical marijuana, and that raises the minimum wage. 
and the the continued sort of difficulty in pinning down what the what the ballot initiative voters politics are exactly um, as compared to the legislatures is still a fascinating but difficult one as well oh it's we've shown it time and time again yeah i mean when the people speak uh carries a a a huge huge uh impact and i still and i try i need to i need to move on but i maybe i'll bring this up again later this thought i had we talked to joe a little bit about online petition signatures which would be fascinating to see exactly how that would impact policy in nebraska number four lincoln police announced yesterday afternoon an arrest in a friday night homicide uh, Assistant Chief Jason Stilley said Stephen Alexander was arrested yesterday for the stabbing death of Austin Gress. That happened near 27th and Dudley uh, Friday night. Uh, tip from the uh, public led them to an apartment up on 31st and Folkways, and they were able to take him into custody without incident. It's just so, so what? They're, you know, they rode their bikes out there to. To get something to father drink and, to this convenience father, stop? Father and son. Um, evidently, they had some type of uh, argument, altercation, um, and and they may have actually known Alexander. Okay. And that's where the investigation is continuing. But this is just, just to give you a picture, if you don't know the street, there's that Daily Owns on North 27th. That would be across the street to the, to the north of there on the west side of the street on 27th and Dudley, if you're kind of trying to picture where that is exactly. But yeah, there, he was he was uh, on the loose for quite a while after this thing. Yeah, from Friday and, night until Tuesday morning. Yeah, that's a, for something like this, that's a, a long time, but they did get him, it sounds like, without incident, and now he'll face the legal system. Yeah, he's uh, facing, he was booked on three counts of first-degree assault, manslaughter, and use of a weapon to commit a felony. All right, moving on. Number three. FDA issued an administrative stay on its order that it issued last month for Juul, the vaping company, to pull its electronic cigarettes from the market. The stay temporarily suspends the marketing denial order that it, uh, while it conducts further reviews. It does not rescind it, uh, but a court did issue a temporary injunction against uh, the FDA. Right. So, uh, essentially, it, that, that means that I mean, this is essentially what the injunction was going to do anyway, but the FDA just isn't going to go go forward with pursuing that at the moment, and so it it suspends that marketing denial order. So they will they will stay on sale uh, at at that point, and I mean, this, this is essentially and and they're still continuing to say that this is specific about jewels for what it's not necessarily about these vaping products in general because they actually gave the thumbs up to a couple of other similar products uh, that are you know are the, like you're buying it at uh, convenience stores or or something like that what is the one the RJ Reynolds one I think it's called views and then there's another one too that they've said basically okay for and and they've said hey and there was enough proof I think in their minds that not only was it safe, but it happened with smoking cessation, that they were okay with it. So there's something in this, with the jewel thing, something the- specific about that where there, some their specific concern, concern not necessarily related to vaping generally, but to what's happening with whatever's going on with jewels. I read one story that said it primarily was the fruity 
uh, flavors that, uh, that was. But they got rid of those a, a while ago. Those haven't been yep. those haven't been on the market, and the and the only ones they approved for for these other ones are the flavors that wouldn't that they think are not more likely to appeal to kids as well. And so that I, I, I don't think it's about that. I think it's about something spe- a specific safety concern with this brand of of these. And then that whole fruity flavors thing is another discussion yep. altogether. Um, but they're you know there's there's those are still available in in different ways and so it's a real disjointed process that they're going through with this disjointed with this process and something I know so little about well nor do I care about it uh, well it's just become such a bit yeah but it's just become such a big thing in middle schools and high schools and those sorts of things and that's why I think it's capturing so many people's attention with with regard to this and you know we kind of joke about it a little bit but the amount of these shops that are <laughs> I mean, the amount of these shops and the demand that apparently is being sustained to keep, what, I don't know, 20, 25, 30 30 shops in the city that weren't open five years ago to be open. And they're, I don't, I don't think they're generally selling these types of the the things that the FDA is looking for uh, with this whole thing. I wouldn't think so. We will see. Like I said, that's an industry I know very little about and won't be spending a lot of time learning about (laughs) <laughs> Still time, Mark. Uh, yeah. Still time to, to learn some new hobbies. Yeah. Okay. I'll I'll consider it. Not. Number two. Mexico's president submitted a bill to end daylight saving time. The nation's health secretary says Mexico should return to God's clock. Standard time. <laughs> Change would mean darkness falling an hour earlier summer afternoons. If God would have wanted daylight saving time, he would have put it in the Bible, right? <laughs> uh, yeah. I, I, by the way, with that, I remember this happened when I was in vacation on spring on vacation in spring break, and you guys talked about it. I'm sure at the time, but there was that Senate thing that passed. Remember with with changing uh, to regular daylight saving time, and the but what was the actual impact of that? Like we didn't actually do it. Are we doing it now? No. Is this a thing, or was it just a resolution? Or I thought it was just that, that the states could then set their own. But they already do did that. I mean, Arizona's already kind of wonky like that. Indiana is. There's a few other states uh, that Indiana, are like that as well. Indiana got on board with it. Okay, but I think there are, there are some other ones as well. So, I don't know how much... Will, will Mexico having done that impact the United uh, States on doing this, yeah, do you spe- think? Especially uh, California. Um, that does do daylight saving night, Arizona, which doesn't, you know, so. Yeah, those border areas with these states where you can't tell what it's on are, are the, you know, the weirdest part of this whole thing, the most confusing part of this whole thing. But nonetheless, I, I've said, I, I told I told Caleb the other day, we were talking about that, what's your ideal sunset? Just move it to so the ideal sunset Sunset uh, every day is about 8.30 p.m. Mm-hmm. That's fine with that. I have more wiggle room on sunrise with that. But I like, you know, maybe between 6.30 and 7. If we could somehow just move it so that's what it always yeah, is. Yeah, your, your perfect day convenient. is about uh, mid-August is what we Mid-August found. is what I'm looking for. Caleb can finish up. I'm going to deal with a computer problem. Oh, okay. <laughs> All right, Caleb. Number Bye. one. Nebraska football picked up a pair of recruits yesterday with commitments of four-star wide receiver Omarion Miller and three-star linebacker Dylan Rogers. The pair brings the 2023 class up to 13 commitments so far. 
So, Mark was going to ask us. <laughs> I will ask you. You if, ask yourself. Are we feeling more confident about recruiting now than uh, a year uh, this, ago? This, this seems like, I don't know, I don't follow recruiting as closely as a lot do. It seems like things are going well for that 23 class. They which, are. Which is also bizarre because that's my son's graduating class from high school. <laughs> so, but nonetheless. Yeah, now it's going to start getting weird for you these watching all, I, these recruiting yeah, classes. These are all. It was one thing when I realized I'm older than basically all the professional athletes that are out there. But now realizing that the recruiting classes that we're talking about are my son's mm-hmm. age is right. also a weird milestone. Well, and there was there was a lot of weird. Weird is part of it, but also unfortunate circumstances around the 2021 class. You weren't able to get guys on campus because of a year of not being able to do actual recruiting because of the pandemic. So there was a lot that just went into the last couple of recruiting classes not looking as good as they could have. You also have a revamped coaching staff. And Mickey Joseph is clearly paying off with well, a lot of these guys. Yeah. The the four star wideout coming in had had been committed to LSU, decommitted when Mickey Joseph left there. Now he's committed to Nebraska. There, there is who knows things can always blow up and not go as you hope they will. But so far, it is looking like that hire of Mickey Joseph might be the most significant thing of this entire offseason. Yes. For, for Scott Frost's offense and, and the team and recruiting as a whole. So hopefully that continues. Yeah. We'll see. Tra- we get, you know, Trey Palmer this year uh, is LSU transfer, right? Who, who was under him? You kind of get a taste of taste of what that new flavor of Mickey Joseph wide receiver is. Well, and he's there. Trey Palmer, speaking of uh, him in particular, he's showing up on some lists as a breakout wideout for this year. Cool. There's a guy to keep an eye on. Is it here yet? I, lo- <laughs> I looked it up. 52 days. 52. I, uh, we are four weeks from Thursday as the first NFL preseason game. Just nothing I'm counting. You will start hearing the uh, 50 and 50, my features, with our friends at Matt Talbot Kitchen and Ooh. Outreach starting this Friday. Ooh. Sounds good. 756. That is it for your morning drive. Brought to you by Stonebridge Insurance and Wealth Management on KLIN. All right, 809. This was the definition this morning, I think, of a of a wildly pleasant rain. Was anyone mad that it was raining this morning? I mean, there are plenty of scenarios where precipitation chaps your hide just a little bit. It comes at a bad time, but it feels like it cooled things off. Lawns were needing it. It was. This was just... It was a nice summer rain. It, it, it's always interesting because my, my mom grew up on a farm, and when I was a kid, I would always hate it when it rained because it meant you couldn't go outside, and you maybe had baseball games that were canceled and i just had a negative reaction to it and she always she was always in a good good mood when it rained and she always said no i it always made her happy because it impacted her dad's mood who was a farmer who my son is named after um who who was it was just in a good mood because it was raining because they you know you you needed it so often and so um i, I kind of felt maybe i'm getting a little bit maybe that's a, a, a sign that you're growing up is when you're you're in we need the rain mode mm-hmm. but i was uh it was very nice driving to work today uh real quick one more chaps i wanted to get to uh which which i i agree with and i just want to expound on a little bit from midtown day before i want to get to some of the Big news coming down in college football, but uh, Midtown Dave says what chaps is uh, Bill Shammert is leaving ten eleven. If you haven't heard, he we we kind of got wind of this a little while ago in media circles, um, and I I think I know what his next step, I do know what his next step is, but I'm going to let him 
tell you what that is. Uh, but yeah, Bill Shammer uh, on on ten eleven is is going to be leaving. And and by the way, I, uh, um, and I don't mean this any. You know, uh, Rod Fowler has been incredibly close, and and Megan Conway uh, to to this station and this show as well. Listen, I talk to the, I know the guys from across the street in radio. I <laughs> like them. I probably am not supposed to say that, but there's a lot of there's a lot of really good people that I become friends with in in media. But I had the 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 same reaction, and I get the realities of 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 media and earning potential and everything that goes along with it and opportunities for family. And so I I trust me, I get all that stuff very much. But uh, all that aside. Man, I was bummed to uh to see that Bill is going to move on to to something else because uh to, he uh, he did and I got to know him a little bit. He was a part of my walk of shame the last time that I did it. He walked a bunch of it with me. I've I've done a couple of projects with him and he is uh and I knew him back when back when he was with Channel 8 back in the day before he even left Lincoln for a while and uh, I couldn't. I couldn't think more highly of of the guy. How he did his job. How he treated people. Um, just kind of the style that he he did that the the news as well. And it's a bummer when you've got a young guy, uh, a youngish guy who's got ties to Lincoln. He's got this amazing story um, with one of his children, basically having their their life saved here in uh, the capital yeah, city, was, and then and yeah. then using it to as as kind of a platform to to do some good with it um i really i and the way that he did a lot of the news coverage and and got information out on social media and other things during covid i was really impressed by um so i i think the world of him and so i'm really bummed for the community that he is leaving i hope maybe there's some chance he he still can end up back here um but it's it's too bad to let someone like that to let that like someone like that get away here and in this you you love the longevity you love having somebody you think okay this guy can be around for decades and become someone who's trusted in in local media there's so much there's so much wide distrust of of media some of it justified a bunch of it uh, stupid talking points that have been taken up by people that frankly I, I, I am passionate about because we hear the brunt of it sometimes, and it's so inaccurate. Uh, but you know, some of it, of course, is is justified. Um, and I think one of the best ways you com- combat that is by having good people who are entrenched in in a community, who care about a community, who you see out in in the community. Um, it's it's a little bit of what I've I've tried to do, and I was inspired by. By people like uh, by by Ken Shimmick and and Scott Young and some of the guys here at KLIN here you know the John Baylors and the John Bishops of the world uh, just just the exact same way and the the way that people thought of them as members of the community as the as members of the media doing their job very well and and I was excited to have that in in the capital city with Bill and I saw a very bright future and so i don't mean to be too down about it because he's <laughs> taking another career opportunity that is going to, going to be good for him and s- the reality of it is sometimes that that comes at the cost of cost of the community when there are uh bigger and more lucrative and different opportunities available elsewhere cream kind of rises to the top in those situations yeah. so i i feel the same way 
with that. And Brad Fox Hollis says, kind of like Mel Maines was a staple. Yeah, put put Mel on that list as well. There's something really comforting because I, I do, I mean, you hear this show, and I hope you hear that I try and defer mostly to to local news because for a few reasons. I think number one, I think the national stuff is pretty well covered in most places, although I know you like to know what's going on in the morning, uh, and I, I think we can give you both of that, mm-hmm. both of those things, but defer to the local stuff because I think it can be more impactful. Frankly, it's not; a, it doesn't devolve into the the world of politics and news that I think we're all exhausted and tired of to some degree and the the best way you keep kind of that healthy relationship between the community and its its media is having strong established local presences that that you trust um and i hope i hope lincoln can continue to have that it's got a it's got a long history of those and and maybe it'll end up being someone else and and and, and again rod has done an awesome job too yeah. Um. And Megan and and Megan as well. I I think the world of of those two as well. And I'm thankful we're in a community with those. But that's a bummer. That is uh. That's definitely a bummer. So uh. We'll see. Craig Craig says bring back Owen Jensen. Do you remember, do you, remember you? This was before you, Caleb. But when yeah. Owen Jensen was on 1011, and then he left. All of a sudden, everybody kept asking, asking me and others and like speculate what happened to him where'd he go all these things and i got i contacted him and he came in and he did an interview with me (laughs) he did an interview with me and he he brought like two handwritten sheets of notes uh, about the whole thing um and then you know he was he was kind of interested in doing some radio at that point so i think you'd be okay with me saying this we we sort of had some discussions that didn't end up working out at the time and then like uh six months later i hear him uh asking a question to a question to president trump <laughs> at the white house yeah that's a that's a typical path towards that uh yeah. that arena yeah in, in in all of those things so that's that's fascinating <laughs> too but be, best of luck to to bill and uh, i i have some hope hope i don't know what you know how it'll happen or if it could happen but i would hope he ends up back here in in lincoln somehow um all right so I don't know if you guys have been following like the last 12 hours again of news in the college football world, but a couple of different stories look like they're pretty moving pretty quickly in terms of what happens to the remainder of the Pac-12 now uh, after USC and UCLA. Really kind of the backbone of that league, the historical backbone of that league bolts for the Big Ten. The original thought was... Okay, now the Big Ten is going to sweep up another couple of choice members of the Pac-12 and pair them with Notre Dame. Mm-hmm. It, by all reports, it looks now that, of course, if Notre Dame ever wants to come to the Big Ten, Notre Dame's going to be in the Big Ten. Mm-hmm. Okay, so that domino is available whenever it might fall. Uh, but that aside, until that happens, it looks like the Big Ten is is going to stand pat yeah. for the time being. Which means, okay, so then what happens is the Pac-12 just go on do they do they add two members do they try and get boise state and whatever san diego state in and and try and do kind of what the big 12 is doing mm-hmm. or is it something else well the 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 couple of things that have been out there as possibilities uh, that have been reported there's two different things that have come out and i'm curious about exploring them just a little bit one of them is that the big 12 would jump in and they would expand again, and that means you'd have 
Uh, I can't remember. Let's we'll, we'll see if I can remember all the schools that run it. But the the most notable one that I thought was Colorado. Yeah. Weirdly enough, Colorado could end back up there. Uh, I think I believe is Utah. Yep. What, what Washington, Oregon, Arizona State, uh, and Arizona, and Arizona. Those six. So that would leave Cal, Stanford, Oregon State, Washington State. I believe. Yes. Yeah. With without anything to do with that. So that would be one possibility. So the Big Twelve. So the Big Twelve goes from one year ago. Exactly to looking like they were on the brink of basically ending things mm-hmm. to potentially becoming the third super conference, essentially, if that would happen. Yeah. I mean, if you're... With, They'd be with, a real player in being, with those being that third one. kinds of additions, and, you know, they're also bringing in, what, Cincinnati and, and Central Florida and, mm-hmm. what, BYU and... Uh, let's see, what, what was well, it? Well, yeah, if, if, if the Big 12 were to do this... They would immediately become the second conference to go coast to coast. Yes, so they would be in some ways comparable, you know, comparable in that fashion with how geographically spread out they are, and bringing in old Pac-12 members. Um, I say old Pac-12 members, still current Pac-12 members, Pac-10 members. Mm-hmm. They they would become that. The other thing, though, that's out there is a little bit different, which is the ACC and Pac-12. And this makes almost no sense, but the ACC and Pac-12 having some kind of a combination, and they're calling it like a loose, a loose association or something, whatever that means. Oh, you mean the alliance? So yeah, kind of like that, but that might include a conference championship game in Las Vegas that they could do. And what that is is both of them improving their their value for tv rights right basically i would think that means they partner they partner for tv deals and then there's a so they're like there's like kind of a it's like the pac-12 acc conference essentially is so just to kind of contain the hemorrhaging from both of those Mm -hmm. conferences and so you've got one on the west coast one on the more of the east coast Uh, that one doesn't make a whole lot of sense to me because it just looks (laughs) so different than than the model, but if the Big Twelve could pull that out, couple of questions: the Big Twelve could pull that out. Are they are they at the level then, uh, close enough to the level of what the SEC and the Big Ten are doing to have essentially a third super major conference that's going to define this thing? And the other question about that is then what? Then is the rest of the ACC just get plucked out by the SEC and the Big Ten? Uh, you uh, know? Th- there's so I don't think that the second option is going to happen with the the ACC and Pac-12. Yeah, just that was the one that was making news associated. late last night. I was reading a lot about that last night, but I don't quite understand what it. Because if you're loosely associated, what does that do for your actual media rights? Um, because that ends up being what's driving some of these schools and where they're going. You could be lo- loosely associated, but then all of a sudden... Clemson and North Carolina end up in the SEC. What does that do for your loose association? Mm-hmm. You could still end up with a couple of other schools leaving the Pac-12 for the Big Ten. What does that do for your loose association? It does nothing yeah. for your actual conferences. Yeah, I, I, um, that makes sense. I that, think it's more likely that the Big 12 tries to go ahead and be aggressive and take what they can from the Pac, and I guess I'd get them to 18 schools. Yeah, they're the potential winner in this whole thing, right? Um, Not winner, just survivor is more where I would compared put that. to 
Uh, uh, yeah. If you're looking between the Pac-12, Big 12, ACC. Of of USC and UCLA leaving, the Big yes. Ten's obviously the biggest winner. The Big 12 is probably the second biggest winner, potentially, out of this yes, whole thing. Yes, they could be but, very advantageous. But if you do have that happen, it's still Big Ten, SEC as your Tier 1. Big yeah. 12, with the expansion, would still be a next level down. Because, because they're got, not going to get the media rights big enough, enough to compete with Big Ten, because SEC. Because here's that conference. Here's that conference. you got the ones that are left in the Big 12. you got Baylor, Iowa State, Kansas, Kansas State, Okie State, TCU, Texas Tech, West Virginia. Right, You're adding Cincinnati, Houston, BYU, Central Florida. Mm-hmm. And then you're adding Arizona, Arizona State, Colorado, Oregon, Utah, Washington. Yeah, it doesn't quite feel. It does. I mean, who's the marquee? Who are the marquee brands of that conference exactly? Right, Oregon. Oregon. I mean, you know, and you're still very football drives it. What else? Who who else is? Even if you're doing that, you're still very likely to lose Oregon, Washington. Like, like you're still right, but they want to lock them up. I mean. Okay. They want to lock that up now. What what is what does that mean locking but them Oregon, up? But is Oregon 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 and Washington I'm sure are looking and and then the other question about that is what in the heck happens to Stanford, Cal, Oregon State, Washington State? Mhm. I mean uh Utah State. Utah State. In, Utah in, State is not in the any of those. What, what happens to the remaining Pac-12 members that wouldn't be a part of that which would be Stanford, Cal, Washington State, right, Oregon right, right. State? What would happen to those four? Stanford could make some sense with the with the Big Ten. Do, do they get picked up elsewhere? Like if you're Oregon State and Washington State, it feels like Stanford Cal might be kind of joined at the hip. Yeah, but if you're Washington State and Oregon State, what in the heck are you going to do after all this? Yeah, Big Ten's not going after you. Um, there's that, and the other thing is, does the does the Big Twelve say okay? This probably does away then with the ACC as a potential for a super conference. So if we could grab, oh, I don't know, Duke and North Carolina, and and be a part of that, who's grabbing Duke North Big, Carolina? What if the Big Twelve? Big Twelve, the Big, yeah. yeah, the Big Twelve says says that, mm-hmm. and you spread out the rest of the ACC teams among those three conferences. You know, Clemson, Florida State, Miami feel like a SEC. I think fit. that's honestly what more of what we're heading towards. North Carolina are, kind of feel like Big Ten, Virginia, Big Ten are three power conferences. Yes. That's what I think we're heading towards. It's not going to be just Big Ten, ACC. I think those are going to be your premier ones. I do think you will have another power conference that's kind of not so much leftovers, but they're still pretty good. Here's one other thing. Notre, Notre Dame is going to is going to tip things. But a they're lot. going anyway. They're going to the Big Ten, right? They can go to the ACC and shore up all uh, of that. Or does ACC just go all out and get Notre Dame, and then they start poaching too? The, yeah. the Pac-12. I don't know. Uh, one other thing I want to add to this: you know, a lot of people assume if the, as the Big Ten gets kind of regionally podized. That Mitch Sherman had an article about this about how there's an assumption that well it'd be Nebraska Iowa Minnesota oh no Nebraska so, Nebraska has, is if they do that Nebraska is the westernmost Nebraska would be paired with USC and UCLA yep that's been my thought maybe Which, Nebraska Iowa USC UCLA Nebraska has to be cheering for the addition of more members from the West Coast so that a pod stays west of them. That's what Nebraska has to be cheering for. Kind of wish they'd brought Colorado in. Bring that back. Eh. Eh. eh.
All right, 826. Take a break. It's going to be interesting. <laughs> KLIN. Before you hit that drive time, stay alert with Nitro Cold Brew Coffee from Broken Rail Beverage Company. This is 1499.3 KLIN. He's been talking Huskers on the Nebraska Airwaves for nearly three decades. It's Old Timers Day on the radio dial with former KLIN morning show sidekick, John Bishop. Mr. John Bishop. By the way, happy belated birthday. I did not even remember to wish you that. Well, I mean, once you get into the 50s, does it even matter at this point at all? No. Not really. Do you have to do the thing when you're not at a, like a landmark year where you have to do the math when people ask you your age? I, I have to do that all the time now. All the time. I've got to do the quick, what year is it now? Okay, date of birth, subtract, figure that whole thing out. And, and I have to do that. But nonetheless, did you put the bunting up this year on the fence? Oh, yeah. The bunting is up. The bunting, bunting is, is always, always up, up on the 4th of July. You know, we had to replace some of the bunting. That Some of the OG bunting has faded over the years because the wife seems to like to keep it up until august so it catches oh. all of the sun <laughs> that doesn't that doesn't mean I, it should be up for the fourth of july it should be up for the major league baseball all-star game uh well it, it, it has been i mean if it's up for another <laughs> week true. and a half it'll that's be true. up for the major league baseball all-star game. i don't know if it'll be up as long this year i'll i'll probably insist that it comes down a little earlier because i would like to preserve the bunting because it was hard to find uh, matching bunting for some reason, you know. <laughs> Isn't it pretty standard? <laughs> you would think, but you know, there's a lot of there's a lot of different styles of bunting. You know, I wanted to put it up when the Cubs were in the World Series in 2016, right? Um, but then I didn't. Yeah. Um, but yeah, and, yeah, the bunting the bunting was up, and uh, the fireworks were lit, and no one was injured. So another successful Fourth of July. So I don't I don't know if you saw this, but like yesterday, and I'm sure you remember this from doing morning shows uh the the day after a three-day weekend and for some reason especially the fourth of july which i know it doesn't fall on a weekend always but that especially when it falls on a monday you come in on tuesday like those are uh, those can be kind of slogs as shows it's been a long weekend the news is a little slow and and yesterday i was doing my show uh with caleb and and i told caleb i was like oh man i was like for some reason today i just don't have it at all and i was thinking i was like i remember once i when when i did the show with bishop i brought a pillow into the room and i laid on the floor and i did a big chunk of the show with my mic just laying on the ground with me next to a pillow and it was fantastic and and i was thinking of that yesterday and lo and behold i pull up facebook and my memory from 10 years ago exactly to the date was the day in 2012 where I did uh, I did the show laying on the floor with you, which you took some very low definition definition video of, uh, which was just amazing. So apparently, yeah, I, did. I saw that. I remember that. That's the new. That's the new deal. <laughs> Are you sure you weren't using the uh, Stephen Barry's Michigan State knockoff coat as a pillow? No, but that is still okay. So I I. For, you know that Stephen Barry's knockoff coat has been very controversial in this building. We we once had had a boss that demanded because I used to leave it in here because I would get cold because you know it's cold in here. So I put on my and it was before. That's Mich- not at all what you sound like. You come in and you go, it's freaking hot. Yeah, and that's what I'm more like mainly like now. Uh, but I had a boss once that demanded that we get it out of this office because it was like an eyesore in here. 
which was just, I felt like it was offensive. I mean, it was an eyesore. Well, I just Especially put after it, it got all corner. crumpled up and the fake leather sleeves got all cracked and okay, listen, started John, to expose whatever padding was under. You can say what you want, but I got tw- I got every cent of the $12 I paid for that at Stephen Barry's out of that thing. And well, it still most exists. Well, people do. You know, they, they would get the most out of their Stephen Barry's investment. It's, you know, I had, a, I had a Stephen Barry sweatshirt, one of my favorite sweatshirts I still for the have longest them. time. I still have, I, I still have a, a few of them, random teams, just completely weird random teams that I would get. But that jacket is laying in my garage right now. Like, I was waiting to donate it, but I can't. But there's going to be a very lucky potential Michigan State fan somewhere in this community who's going to get a a slightly used, slightly worn jacket for them to wear around the town. So if you see it on the streets of Lincoln, you're going to know. You're going to know. Oh, I'll know. I'll know. It probably still has the same rodents crawling out from it. So, like, so two scenarios for this next step in in conference, and 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 tell me if this is how you see it. If I if I've articulated kind of what I think the scenario is, let me know if you think it's it's different. But from from what I understand, it Big Ten is waiting on Notre Dame. Okay, they're going to take Notre Dame no matter what. If if that happens, and and if that happens, they will figure out what they're going to do along with that, or do it alone, or whatever. In the meantime, you've got the Pac-12, the remainder of the Pac-12, and and the ACC hanging in a little bit of limbo. And it sounds like the Pac-12 sort of has this choice between parts of it joining up with the Big 12 and creating kind of a a second-tier super conference, I guess. I don't know if that's fair or not. Or apparently some loose affiliation with ACC, whatever that means exactly, where there's like a super conference sort of and they play a championship game. Um uh, if if that's if that's how you look at it as well, what do you think is the more likely situation between those two for the next big big kind of block to fall with this? Well, I, some something's got to give. Uh, you know, I don't think that I don't think we're going to have five power conferences anymore. Um, obviously, we've got the two mega leagues, um, the Big Ten and the SEC. I think you know the ACC is 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 okay for now. You know, the the thing that's going to, you know, cause that to splinter is if the SEC decides, up oh, time to move up, and yeah. they start poaching some of those southern powers, especially Clemson, Clemson yeah. Miami, Florida State. Um, but is there, if they're fine at standing pat, then I think the ACC, um, you know, should be okay. I don't, I just, I don't see there's much value for the, the the one value there would be for the ACC to try to work some kind of a merger type situation is if, if, you know, they do so with the Pac-12 in the sense that they could then reopen their, their television rights because their television Mm -hmm. rights are locked in for the longest time. But there is a clause in the contract that, you know, says if, you know, if there's a, you know, dispersal of the league or, or whatever, that the, you know, the contract would be voided. Um, so they'd have to be very careful in how they word it and how they, how they shape it. But I, I just, I don't see there's much value right now in the Pac-12 because, you know, at some point, Oregon and Washington and maybe even Stanford are going to leave for greener pastures. Um, and so even if there's an attempt to keep that league together, um, I don't I just I don't see there being any way that that league survives, you know, 
whatever the next terms of the contract are. I think the probably the most likely scenario is some kind of either merger, hostile takeover, or acquisition between the Big 12 and the Pac-12. You know, and you've got the six schools right now. Colorado included that appear to be talking with the big 12 right now that honestly seems like the most likely scenario in all of this. But then I'm reminded again that I, I rule nothing out when it comes to conference realignment, because we've seen some of the dumbest, weirdest, you know, most improbable you know scenarios play out before our eyes before so um you know trying to make sense out of a senseless situation is it, probably a fool's errand but that that to me would seem to be the more likely move is either the Pac-12 you know tries to keep it together and merges to some degree with the Big 12 or the Big 12 just go, swoops in and you know takes the six teams that they're interested in now how much value is there and Again, you're going to be running the risk at some point because I know that Oregon especially is going to fancy themselves, you know, in, in a bigger conference, Washington too. Um, and, and so whether or not they're able to keep it together or not, at some point, you're going to have to run the risk of Oregon, you know, defecting on you at some point if there's another wave of mega conference reshuffle. Yeah. I, I, so let, let's say they do what you say is the the most likely scenario. That's a in terms of numbers, it's a mega conference, right? Because you're sure. you're adding it. You've got the existing Big Twelve, the ones who stayed. You've got the teams that they're the schools that they're bringing in, which is what Central Florida, Houston, Cincinnati, and BYU. Uh, and then you're adding Washington, Oregon, Arizona, Arizona State, from what I understand. The, mm-hmm, the reports mm-hmm. are. Th- that's not, I mean, how does that compare to what the SEC and Big Big Ten are? And what are the practical ramifications of that comparison? Well, I mean, they're, they're, they're not the biggest brands. I mean, they're just not. It's or- um, That's Oregon's conference, right? right. <laughs> it sounds it, weird, but it yeah, sort of is. It, yeah, they're not the biggest brands, but it, it it still provides at least a little bit of value and at least some viability because the thing that hasn't been discussed very much here over the last week has been the fate of the playoff. Right yeah. now, the fate of the playoff has never been more uncertain um, because we don't know, because right now, the two conferences that are running the roost, we don't know, you know how they look at each other right now, how much they trust each other right now. Um, you know, you know, the SEC has already openly said, Hey, we might just go ahead and do our own thing at some point. Um, they've spoken those words out loud. Um, but if, if there, if there were to continue to be a college football playoff, if the Big Ten and the SEC continue to want to do a playoff and, and this is an, another important caveat, and they wish to share any of that with anybody else, um, then this bigger Big 12, which would include the Phoenix area, you know, Denver, um, you know, Seattle, um, you know, Oregon, you know, I'm talking market sizes now, you know, would still have at least some viability at the negotiating table to get a piece of the playoff pie. Because I think it, it may be a hard sell if, if there are still conferences and, and teams out there that don't have a landing spot in either the Big 12 or the SEC, if they still plan to go for it and and continue to play, there, there's probably going to be enough, I would hope, 
enough cry from the public to say, well, wait a minute, you guys can't just com- have your own championship between the two of you and not include, you know, Arizona State, Colorado, et cetera, et cetera. Yeah. And so there would at least be, you know, a, a way to get to the table and and give the Big 12 a chance. The other thing to keep in mind, too, is, you know, ESPN is going to control all of the SEC rights in two years. But if they let's say they don't have any Big Ten, let's say the Big Ten, um, you know, goes with CBS, NBC or whatever, and they and they don't have an ESPN um, appearance anymore. ESPN's still going to need to fill some space. And that's where the Big 12 could come in in a in a in a larger world where they could, you know, ESPN could come in and say, all right, Big 12, you know, we still need some games at. 11 a.m. and 2.30 and, you know, obviously Pac-12 at night or the AK or the formerly known as Pac-12 at night. Um, we still need some inventory there. Um, and, and, and a league like that, which again has those markets like Phoenix, like San Francisco, like Seattle could still, you know, sell quite a bit. You're not going to get the same kind of money that the Big Ten and the SEC are going to get. But you're going to get something, right? And and that something will probably be more than what you're getting now. So I think that's where the value is. It would definitely be the third tier, or not the third tier, the second tier below SEC and um and Big and, Ten. and yeah. Big Ten. But it would be something, and it would keep them alive at least long enough to make them viable. Yeah. So it's, and then, like, if you're Washington State now. What option do you even have, right? I mean, you, you're clinging to whatever you can. You're clinging to or Washington. Wake Forest, you're clinging to, you know. Yeah, you're just you're just hoping right now, and that's you know that this is why all of this is just it's it's distasteful to me. And I realize, you know, for most people out there listening to your show, you know, they're Husker fans first, and everything else, you know, is Secondary. is extra noise. Yeah. Um, as long as the Huskers are taken care of, they're going to be fine. For those who, you know, try to watch more college football on a global perspective, this is this is awful because you're eventually at the end of the day going to get less of a good thing because you're going to pare down the number of teams that, you know, are so-called in the big leagues. And 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 I feel for teams like Washington State. I feel for Iowa State. I feel for Kansas State. I feel for all the old rivals that Nebraska used to have because Last week, we took one big step closer to those teams being less relevant or maybe not even existing at all. And I don't think that's what we should be going for here. Mm-hmm. But, you know, when the television networks, you know, are involved as uh, as intently as they are, and basically, if they're not steering the ship, they've got one hand on the wheel, um, you know, there's a lot of things that are going to get thrown by the wayside, and I think it's going to ruin what has been a really good product for, you know, the last several decades. Yeah. 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 You mentioned some of the old, like there's a part of me that still somehow hopes that Kansas could end up in the big 10 somehow um, for a variety of reasons. That would, that that would be kind of cool as well. But yeah, it's crazy. And the other thing I was thinking about, and I, I think Mitch Sherman wrote about this too. Caleb and I were just talking about this as well. Like, assuming you've got these conferences with what, 16, 18, 20 teams in them at this point, they're, it probably will be in some sort of a pod system where you play certain teams regularly every year that are more geographically suited and, and then rotate between some of the other ones. If that's true in the Big Ten, is it, it seems pretty likely 
USC and UCLA are going to be grouped with Nebraska if if not anything else changes significantly. Does that does that seem likely to you? I would I would I would almost guarantee it. It would not surprise me right now if if you could sit in the not that they're doing this at the moment, but if they're plotting you know, how they're going to work this pod system would not shock me in the least if UCLA and Nebraska were regular rivals. Um, And it wouldn't shock me if they paired USC with either Ohio State or Michigan. Mm. Um, And obviously those two schools would be against each other. And then you'd have to find one other school Um, that that complicates things a little bit in this whole pod system. But with Nebraska's history against UCLA, um, the fact that they are now the (laughs) they're the last Big Ten outpost before you get to the West Coast. Yep. um, Yeah, there's no question in my mind that that Nebraska will probably have more trips to California than maybe some of its other traditional western division rivals will because of the history that nebraska has and you know again it's this is about these are helmet matchups yeah you know the networks want helmet matchups and the nebraska usc or the nebraska ucla helmet matchup is a very attractive matchup so um yeah i would i would i would i would plan ahead husker fan for uh trips to los angeles in the not so distant future because i think they're going to be on the regular john if we ever get a total of a time machine first thing i want to do is go back to 2008 with you when we're doing one of our shows that year and tell us hey guys in the future there's going to be a nebraska ucla trophy game in the big 10 in the future and see how we react to that are we go- what are we going to name this trophy are we, we you know it's we'll got to be a big tenny thing so yeah. we got to name it after we'll see when Hyde decides legends the mark the mark Harmon mike rogier trophy <laughs> Like it. That's that's what it's going to be. All right. Thank you, Joe. Well, who knows what news you'll have to talk about by 2 o'clock this afternoon. I wouldn't be surprised if there's more. Have a good show. We'll talk to you next week. All right. We'll see you. Go John Baylor, 1620 The Zone. John Bishop, 1620 The Zone. Take a break on KLIN. Want today's top news stories? Top Husker stories? You can get them sent straight to your inbox every afternoon. Just sign up for the daily for free at KLIN.com. You're listening to LNK Today with Jack and Friends on 1499.3 KLIN. All right, that is it for the show. Thanks to our guest today, John Bishop. I call him John Baylor. He's done that for years. Sorry, John. Uh, <laughs> thanks to all of you for being a part of What Chaps Tried Wednesday. Officer Chad, you can get the podcast at KLIN.com. Tomorrow we have Pat Benatar tickets on Ticket Thursday. Go see Pat at Stir Cove, so you'll have a chance to win those. We'll play a game at 710. Also, the Grow Lincoln team as well. And Dr. Ken Dewey at 835 tomorrow. Busy show. We will see you then. 9 o'clock, KLIN Lincoln.